she needed to reconnect with me and I didn't know that and I was following those books believing that they were right and they would help me but I regret it until now and now that she's nine years old I think that she still needs special attention. Welcome back to Starcare to Connect. In case this is the first time you're tuning in, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. This is the Adventures Podcast created for you who wants to have a strong connected family. I'm Inez Natalia, your fellow sister in the growth journey of parenting, even before conception. And today, as usual, we'll have a real parent a mother who will openly share her real stories. I have my dear friend here in the show, Erika Aguirre Spensley. Erika is a mother of three children, a Mexican. She is a nature lover and a childhood advocate. She has lived in six countries and professionally has reinvented herself every time. She is now very, very passionate about helping others to heal their inner wounds and reconnect with their true self. Hi, Erica. Welcome to the show. Hi, Eunice. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting to be here. Yay. Thank you so much, Erica, for saying yes. I know it's not the easiest sometimes to open up publicly. This is so generous of you to share this, knowing that it actually can help others, you know? So thank you for doing that. I think today's topic is super important, especially if you're not a parent yet. Get this, right? Erika told me that her worst mistake is following parenting books on how to raise a child. When I heard this from Erika, I was like, dang, I want to know more. Because this is really not common for people to say that, that my worst parenting mistake is actually following those books, right? And surely a lot of people who are thinking about starting a family also want to hear this. So Erica, let's start a little bit with numbers, right? How many parenting books did you read, if you remember? And why did you do that? Yes, well, I was very excited to start my new family, so I wanted to be educated about it, and I was reading about pregnancy, about every detail, what happened month by month to my body. I continue until my first child was born, and maybe she was two or three years old, and then I decided that was a bad idea. What happened to me specifically is that I follow a book about putting my baby to sleep. Somebody gave me an advice that babies will adjust to your routine. You don't need to adjust to their babies. The babies will adjust to your life, so you don't need to worry much. So I thought that was a good advice for me, and I said, okay, I need my baby to sleep outside of my room when she was three or four months old. And I started following a book about sleeping by herself, and it was very painful for everybody. And I did it anyway, but I regret it until now because at that time, now I know that they need connection and they need closeness and they need to be attached to me. Yeah. Uh, so she was suffering 
And I was suffering too, but because I was following advice about they will do what you want them to do. And it's true, they do, but then we suffer the consequences later. Uh, what do you mean by you need to face the consequences later? Like what, what did you find as the consequences? Well, I have three children. My first is nine years old, the one I'm talking about. My second child, she's six, and my third child is four and a half. They are very unique, very different, and they need a specific way to take care of them. For my first baby, uh, she had a traumatic event when she was born because she was an emergency C-section. So she was born two weeks before her time. She was born a very angry baby, wow. and her face would be orchard, and she would be very angry and I will have a lot of tantrums and she will have very hard time going to sleep but I couldn't understand and nobody told me and the book didn't tell me that either that what we need what she was trying to ask was for connection and for attunement and for more attention because her bird was traumatic and she needed to reconnect with me and I didn't know that and I was following those books believing that they were right and they would help me and now that she's nine years old, I think that she still needs special attention. She still needs connection. And she's a very good child. She's a pleaser child. So it really needs to make everybody happy to feel connected. So I think that is one of the consequences of not being attuned with her from the beginning as much as possible. Are you saying that the consequences is that right now she becomes a pleaser child because she's she keeps on looking for connection from the outside is that what you're saying correct yes i feel that she felt rejected mm. since she was born and during the birth what happened is that i got an epidural and i was half asleep and i wasn't ready to hold her i wasn't ready to love her when she was born yeah and the, the nurse put her on my belly. My husband told me this because I wasn't conscious. And then she kind of crawled up to my breast to feed herself. Fortunately, she could do that. Uh, but I think she felt that rejection and she felt that maybe she wasn't welcome. I had to work a lot emotionally with her. So I realized that she needed to be loved a lot. A lot of hugs, a lot of laughs, a lot of connection to be with her to touch her to hug her but she's still needy in that area emotionally so right now what will be an example when you see that she tried to please other people because she's looking for that kind of connection and love from the outside uh well she's a really she's the good girl of the tree she helps with her siblings where there is some kind of uh, argument she will come to the rescue she will say don't worry mommy i got this mm -hmm. and she just got a great ace for her school report and She's a school representative and she's just finding the way to, to show that she's good and then she's great and, and she is. But I also, uh, if, I'm, if, if I'm in a bad mood and the house is a mess and I go to the living room and I say, please help me to clean up this mess, she will put down her head and start doing it. So I know she's not happy, but she's doing it because I'm telling her to. 
she will not call back to me. She will not speak back saying, I don't want to do it. Like my six-year-old, she will say, mommy, it's not my job. Mommy, I don't want to do it. Mommy, I'm just tired. Or I didn't do that. She will just put her head down and do it. Yeah. So I, that, that makes me feel guilt now because I see her need for attention and to be good, to be the good girl, to please. And it's a result of not giving her that attention at the right the right attention at the right moment well yeah this is this is super interesting though the whole descriptions that you just gave me if if any parents listening to this or the future parents will listen to this they'll be like this sounds like a very nice girl like your daughter sounds very good very kind very you know like the good girl and probably some parents will, will ask you, then what are you worrying about? You're like, you're lucky to have that quote-unquote obedient child. Like, what are you complaining about? It's very interesting how you can see beneath that, that she's not really being herself. And that actually what makes you experience the guilt, right? Why do you think, quote-unquote, it's a bad thing to have that good child? Yes. Well, in my personal experience, I was myself a pleaser and I am still, I still am part of me. And for me, the reason was exactly to have the attention of my parents and everybody else, society and culture and people around me. And at some point I didn't feel that I was myself. And when I have my girl, I, like I said, when she was born, she was, she was very, she had a character. She was strong. She will push me away. She will, but she was a newborn. Uh, she will be, yeah, a strong soul. And then I started to bring my strong soul too out. So I will sometimes be mad at her and I will sometimes yell at her. And then at some point she will cry and she will say, I'm sorry, mommy. I didn't want to do that. Or I love you, mommy. And that time, those were the time. What those were the times that make me wake up and see her pain that she was being herself, and I was somehow not letting her be. And I could see just her her neediness for love and attention, and going back and saying, "I'm sorry. I'm gonna do whatever you want." I will see that in her and then it will make me feel bad and say why I'm doing this to my child why I'm making her feel bad just to do what I want her to do because I think it's the right thing to do yeah. right so uh and now anytime if I lose it if I matter her or I complain about her room being a mess or just not doing her homework yet I will see her reaction of trying to do it immediately without saying why, without complaining. I think I can see the difference again with her sister and brother that they will like ask me, but why? Why I can do it? Why I have to do this? Why I cannot do it this way or that way? She will not uh, question me. She will just do it. Yeah. Wow. What you just shared is something very, very beautiful because the very fact that you're able to see her pain and indeed, I mean, I, I believe that it's not is not something that is easy to feel because you mentioned before that you're experiencing guilt 
and of course when you see her sometimes probably even you see yourself but then if other people externally looking at you with your daughter who is very very a yes person or like obedient following what you said like other people might i don't know but other people might think that you are a successful parent raising her other people might think that Erica, good job. You know, the kid is now a good girl. You did a good job. So that split, that that difference between what people, what society thinks as good and the reality of a mother seeing this pain beneath the yes statement from the daughter, I think that by itself, it's such a strong, strong awareness. Yes. Yes, and and it's not easy. It takes time. And again, the fact that I a pleaser myself and one of the things I promise to myself and I think most of us do is that my family is going to be different than my bird family. Yeah. That I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to raise my children differently and they're not going to suffer the way it happened to me. And then when I see the same patterns, and there was one specific time that I was talking to her, I was upset with her, and I was seeing my father talking to me in that specific situation. And my mom was there, I remember, and I went back to her and I said, Mommy, I'm doing exactly the same thing that I said I didn't want to do. And that's when I realized that it's not about the books, learning about parenting. Is about me. So I have to put, again, the spotlight on me and figure out and remember that what is going on inside me and start working with that again and yeah. leave my child alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, working, working with myself and leave my child alone. Yeah. <laughs> what a yeah. statement. I remember, I remember you also told me, right, about how you feel that becoming a mother leads you to freedom, a spiritual freedom, right? Explain what do you mean by that? Yes. Before marriage, I think, I thought that I was perfect, that I was good, that everything was fine with me. Then I start getting some trouble about seeing myself and like what what partner I want to have and how my life is going to be and my children. And then... Uh, and at some point, I, I still think that I'm lucky that I come from a dysfunctional family. Uh, my father was an alcoholic, and he used to go to AA meetings. So I was labeled socially and culturally. I was labeled as a child of an alcoholic, so it can be bad. But for my personal experience, I think it's good because I know that something is wrong in my family. And I know that I have to take care of something. Something happened there. So I have to take care of that. And then I decided I wanted to, to do it differently. And I want to do it differently than my family. So I started to work in myself when I was 23 years old around 23 years old and then I continue for years 
but when I became a mother, the, the experience of being a mother, it changed you internally. And some part of you die and another one is born. It's another you that you know who this person coming from. And then you have to get to get you have to check that person. You have to get to know that new person. Who is this mom? And who's this mom is gonna be for these children? And then the children, you don't know the children that is coming to you. Each of them, like I said, they are unique and they are different and they have different needs. So you have to get to know them since they're inside the belly. But if you don't know yourself first, it's very hard to make those attunements, to make that connection. So when I realized that it was not about the books and it was not about the child, but it was about me and I have to become better. So I have to grow myself. And then following those paths, it makes you feel freedom because you are becoming more you. Yeah. So I was becoming more my true self. I was learning more about myself. I was learning more about who I really are and my needs, my own needs. My, when, when my children trigger me, I have to check where is this trigger coming from? Yeah. What is the wound that I have to heal and learn about me? So then, then it makes you free. Your, your soul, your spirit is becomes freer because you are more authentic yeah yeah that's true i mean i think it's very powerful when you mention that at the end of everything apparently you understand that what matters is not what the books say but how to connect individually differently with each child because different child is a different person they have different needs there are different individuals and human beings and we cannot really use one strategy to everyone right like because like in a way a lot of parenting book books out there say that right like you can just use this one strategy and it will work for any child and what you mentioned before is so beautiful about like how it's all about seeing your child individually as unique and you know that you want to connect with them, you want to attune to them. But you also mentioned how in order for you to attune to them, you need to first connect and attuning to yourself. Because sometimes you mentioned if you don't know yourself, if you don't even heal your own inner wounds, then you get triggered by them. Then you can start to have different kind of stories and projection in our head. And that becomes a wall between us and our child and it, it becomes so difficult for us to really acutely attune to who it is they are at their essence because we are too busy in our own stories and projection yeah and i feel it's 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 so important what you mentioned about how then you need to indeed you mentioned like facing your own inner wounds heal your inner wounds so then you can really connect and see the child different child individually different child is different essence that's so beautiful erica
so by far, you mentioned before that the moment you saw that apparently you hurt your daughter's feelings. You told me before about like how you decided to go to books again, but then this time not to really learn how to raise the kid, but how to be a better mom and a better person, right? Tell me more about that. So what uh, what were the kind of books that you read and what was the sort of shift that started to happen when you made that shift? Well, I was going to meetings for adult children of alcoholics. And then when I, when this happened with my daughter, I decided that I needed to do it more deeply. And I started watching a lot of videos. At some point, I found Dr. Shefali and she just resonated with me so much and I started following her. But basically, every trigger I had with my child, let's say if it was about power, I would kind of look to that, go to more and more and more. I went to different people. I was following speakers about, specifically about alcoholism. I was listened a lot with, from Dr. Gabor Mate, addiction specialist in Canada. And I also listened to Tony Robbins about being a better person and many other people. But when I listened to Dr. Shefali, she was like completing the whole thing, like talking to me about being helpful and also that connection conscious connection with the children it was perfect what I needed to know and I just follow her and read her books and I'm still reading and learning from that yeah so you mentioned that from reading different kind of parenting books then you start to also like watching different kind of videos how to be a better parent but then you connected it with your own background how you were Um, you were raised by an alcoholic and you wanted to know what did it mean for you and and how you could actually heal yourself from that inner wounds from your upbringing and how did it how did it eventually shift the relationship between you and your child um the shift of the relationship is that i'm working a lot still and myself to keep my emotions low I have to manage my own emotions because I used to get triggered very easily and I used to go over the line like yell and be a bad mother (laughs) very easily and then feel guilty right away like I'll cry just noticing myself hurting her and so the, the shift is that I'm again with myself I'm trying to to manage my own emotions to meditate every day to be aware and on track of what I'm doing how am I doing it how am I talking to them how am I uh, asking them to do things and the the tone of voice the way of asking them to do a, a chore or not trying to be loving instead of trying to be, I don't know, to be blameful or because uh, in a dysfunctional family, it can be normal to 
be angry all the time, to be upset all the time, to be sad and to be everybody's fault that we are in a bad mood. Uh, and it's normal and you live like that and it's okay. And I have to remind myself that no, it's not okay. And no, I don't want that for my family. So I have to consciously be aware of my own feelings and how the triggers work and make a conscious decision of waking up every day to be a happy mom, to be a loving mom, to smile when they're coming to me, to me when they ask me for something, say, yes, love, what do you need? Yes, honey, I'm here, what do you want? Instead of what? <laughs> or I'm busy, or don't talk to me, or that sometimes it's understandable if we are tired or working hard, but they are children and they don't know if we are tired and it's not their fault if we are in a bad mood or feeling sick or uh, in a rush for something. We, we have to be aware that they just need our attention and our love and our connection. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Just like, just like adults and any other human being on earth, we just want love and connection and he wants to be seen, he wants to be understood. And it's amazing how the way you work on that is not only on the surface, it's not only um, like faking your reaction, but you mentioned before that you're trying to heal yourself, you also do a daily meditation, you're trying to be very, very aware of your like internally what's happening within you so then you know that because like we know that with kids we cannot really fake it right we cannot really like oh if internally we feel super bad and then we all smiley and we pretend as if we are happy then the kids will pick up so eventually yes we are being very aware of our tone and everything while at the same time every single day you still take that meditation, still sit down and being in the present moment because being in the present moment, it's really only the way, right? To notice what's happening with us right now. Yes, yes. And you are right that they will notice. They will notice. And like I said, my six-year-old will tell me like, mommy, you're not even looking at me. Mommy, what, you, you're not listening to me. That's not what I ask you. But at, but at the beginning, I have to confess that at the beginning of me being a mom, sometimes and that I had to fake it. I had to fake being happy. But some of the exercises that I used to do with my daughter said we will laugh out loud and, and try to make her change her state, her mood, but in, unconsciously. That's the magic of her changing my own mood, wow. changing my, myself. So the way that she came being a hard baby and an angry baby, that was completely the, the reason it was for me to make me realize that I needed to change my own state and I needed to laugh with her, to love her, to be positive and to work harder in those emotions. And I felt sometimes that I was faking it, but I needed to laugh out loud for her to to change her mood and i think we were both changing it together yeah and now yes now is natural and now 
we enjoy it a lot and it's one of the biggest gifts to have our smiles and giggles around the house most of the time. Yeah. Oh, wow. How amazing it is to really see our child as, as our teacher, as our gift. We know that the child comes to the earth not because they ask to be on earth and then we give them the gift. Like it's completely the opposite. The child, the child comes to us for us to grow, for us to wake up, for us to be a better person, be, you know, like really seeing in the mirror this who I was and this was not me and yeah, choosing who I want to be. And that's beautiful how you're being reminded by your daughter about that. And what will be the the biggest, the most important lesson that you got from your parenting so far after after ditching all those you know parenting books out there? Like, what do you learn from that? Yes, uh, well, parenting, conscious parenting, I'll say, is a constant growth, and it has helped me enormously to to grow myself. And it's not easy. It's not easy, and it's a constant battle with. Uh, the way you are, the way you wear, and the way you have to be for the family and the children and your own self. And uh, it's, it's a very hard uh, road to follow. But once you know the recipe, knowing yourself and knowing your triggers and your wounds, it's easier and delightful to to continue doing it and uh, I want to tell you about my six-year-old again she's very clever she's very smart she is very aware that she's part of nature and I asked her like why did you come to me as my daughter and she said well I was I was looking around and I saw you guys and I like you because you love nature too so I wanted to come to a family that loves loves nature, and she's the one that very clearly tells me the things that she doesn't like about me. And she's and and everything she says, I will say yes, okay, you're right, yes, you're right about that. And I have to rethink about my actions and do it differently. Oh, oh, that's so sweet, <laughs> so cute of her to articulate that. Oh yeah, I chose you because. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Erica, my very last question before we close this conversation. And I ask this to every single guest that I'm bringing into the show. What do you wish you would have known before having a kid? What do you wish someone has told you before you have a kid? Okay. What I wish I will know before having a kid, and I think even before getting married, is that you don't have to follow the cultural rules and you not, don't have to follow society rules that you do better. You will be happier knowing your children and letting them be the way they are. And this will let you be the way you are truly without following others' recipes or advice because we, every individual is unique. And I believe every individual has a higher power and a light and something to offer to the world. And just living the life because somebody else is doing it this way or that way, I don't think that's the way of happiness. The happiness is finding your light and your true self and bringing that 
to your children and giving them permission to be the way they're meant to be. Wow. It's such a strong statement. I love that. Yeah. To really know your light and letting your children just be whoever they want to be, right? Well, thank you so much, Erica, for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for being here with us and sharing all of those light in you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ines. It's been a pleasure to be with you and thank you for letting me share with your public. So there you go, my friend. A reminder how everything in parenting has quite very little to do with contouring and shaping the child with different kinds of strategies but it all apparently starts and ends with us the parents right and it's all about facing our internal terrain and free ourselves from those whole false conditioning from society from culture that we compile within for decades already in our life and know that when we are free and when we heal ourselves then we can free our children to live their own destiny. Thank you for tuning in today, friend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you like it, don't forget to share this with your family and friends. Also, feel free to request a particular topic or drop me a question via email or on Instagram at Inez Natalia. And let's connect again soon in the next episode. And I, and I think it's really, really important what you're doing. I think it's really valuable and I'm sure it's going to help many people. Yeah.